Hello, passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train, America's second favorite podcast where we bring the dark to light and where history never dies. And where, of course, listener discretion is always advised. We love to make fun of and joke about the creepy and unsolved mysteries of the world, all while bringing you, you guys out there right now, hi. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're doing, we're trying this again. <laughs> and for you listening right now at home, yeah, we're actually live streaming this to YouTube. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that gets a, yeah. Yay. Anyway, we do all that while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. All right. Yes, we are a comedy podcast and stuff can get kind of dark. We do talk about some dark topics like today. Yep. So if you're not into that, listen, no hard feelings. We get it. Give us a chance, though. Of course. Right. So if you're new here, hi. Hello. If you're not, welcome back. (laughs) All right. All right. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer. And of course, with me back in the co-host chair is the one and only Logan Sayer. Yeah. There he is. Hello. So we're trying this out. We're we're live again on on the uh, the the YouTube the you the the tubes of the youth, <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna see what happens, right? We're gonna see what happens. We got our new studio set up right now. It's looking good. You know, we got a, a new website coming. Oh yeah, oh, got yeah. a lot of really cool things. Kind of I got a fresh drink. Yeah, oh, it's a great day. Just keep that turned just oh, yeah. in case. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> keep it turned. I got mine hidden over here too. <laughs> so listen, uh, for our Patreon listeners. All right, are you beautiful first class passengers? Uh, we just recently dropped an episode where we uh, read a uh, a Yelp review about a haunted house, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and he was not happy. He was a skeptical demonologist. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't too happy about it. No, very so, uh, snarky. Yeah, very very snarky. Yeah. yeah. So make sure you guys are heading over to the midnighttrainpodcast And if you are not a Patreon subscriber, make sure you click on that. Five bucks a month gets you all of the Patreon stuff. And also, please do us a favor. Review, subscribe wherever you can. Everything. You know, tell your friends. Tell people about us because that's kind of how we're going to keep this thing rolling. Oh, yeah. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I know you believe in this shit. I, I, I don't know if I can, can I, I can do, can I swear on YouTube? Yeah, you can swear. As long oh, it's as past the 30 second. Mark. Okay, yeah, we're good, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we good? Get to watch how many times we quote certain things for certain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, yeah. Seven seconds. I just got flagged for that. Yeah. Thanks, Limp Biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's just save the rest of the business stuff until the end. Okay. Put it in the caboose. That's right. Let's just get into it. All right. Oh, yeah. Let's turn down the lights. They are down. Oh, they are. Hopefully it looks... Creepy in here. I mean, it looks Maybe. good to me, man. Let's adjust our seats. <sighs> better. Yeah, you better? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, yeah, I'm great. Let's grab a drink. <laughs> All right. Got it. And let's get religious murdery kind of today. Let's get fucked up. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's a pretty messed up story. All right. But, uh, you know, first of all, here's a toast to all you watching and you listening at home. You beautiful motherfuckers. Cheers to all you out there right now. You beautiful people. If you're watching this for the first time, watching us for the first time, or listening to us for the first time, yes, we do a toast. Because, well, we like to drink while we do this and while we do other things, <laughs> like everything. And 
we just want you to know that we appreciate you being here, listening right now, wherever you're listening, and watching right now, wherever you may be watching. So, of course, of course. so to you, we give you a toast. And plus, we get to get hyped up. That's right. This song still gives me those like angsty, like what do you call it? Uh, like Stranger Thing vibes. Yeah, I was thinking more like Wesley Snipes with the walk in here and just like. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Very Blade-esque. <laughs> Immediately, I went to white people or white men can't jump. I'm like, why is he here right now? I don't understand that. All right, so we are talking about Bible John today, a lesser known uh, possible serial killer. Yeah. Okay. And when I say possible, well, you'll find out as I go through this. Um, he's an unidentified serial killer who is believed to have murdered three young women between 1968 and 1969 in Glasgow, Scotland. 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 Oh, oh there's going to be a lot of that today, isn't there? <laughs> I'm going to do this all the time. I won't do that. I'm sorry. If that was too much, I apologize. Please don't stop. Come back. <laughs> for decades, Glasgow police have searched for clues on who could be behind the crimes. Okay. Uh, with very little information coming forward about the actual suspect here. And there isn't really a lot about him, too. And there's a lot of really, like, weird deferring stuff, too, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. Then, after his third murder, murder, the moniker Bible John began circulating through the media, spreading widespread fear over, you know, all the, 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 the attacks and the murders and stuff, you know? Because right. now... It's like, I feel like the media always tends to do that where they give like a a moniker or a name to somebody, you know, like it's always something cool too. It's never like Dick face McGee or something like that. You know what I mean? We should be calling them all stuff like that. hundred percent. Absolutely. Like instead of night stalker. Yeah. yeah, You know, it's cool as shit. Did, did Bundy have a, a moniker? Like a, like a name? I think he was just Bundy because his name was weird by itself. And it was short. I used to work with a guy. He was a younger dude, <laughs> young kid. And uh, he was kind of, uh, you know, kind of whatever when he first started working for us, whatever. And I told everyone that he's going to kill us. And so we started calling him Bundy. He goes by Bundy to this day. And that was easily 15, 20 years ago. What? Yeah. Swear to God. That, that's his name. Everyone goes by Bundy. And I started calling him that because he was just this weird little dude super nice guy he's such a great guy such a great dude but i think it's funny that uh now bundy is all over the place right now which the uh uh, his confession tapes i started watching slash listening to that last night because you know the movie just came out and whatnot and it's all i get the younger people who don't really know too much about him right but for us old folk we're like yeah, we know what he did. Yeah. You know? Well, it's the same thing with the Dahmer thing, too. Like, we all pretty much know what he's doing, but we're rebooting it now. Yeah. I yeah. Know. I feel like we're getting too much credit to these guys. Well, that's the, that's why we do F That Guy, and you yeah. can follow us on Patreon to find those episodes because we decimate pretty much all these pieces of crap. Yeah. In those, right? Yeah, we right. Do. We and I did mean uh, Dahmer, by the way, when I was talking about the new confession tape. But oh, Bundy yeah, yeah. has a confession tape as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think either of them had, like, a, you know, a cool... No, Dahmer did cool name. Yeah. Well, because they were... I don't know. Like, you know, there's, like, the I-71 killer. There's the... Um, uh, what was Kemper known as? The sorority girl killer, I think, or something like that? The servant girl killer. Yeah, like all, all those. But, but Bundy and Dahmer, I don't think really had those, yeah. did they? No, not that I know of. I think I remember. Huh. Yeah. It's very weird how they can just pick and choose. 
yeah, it is. what they want, you know? Like, I like this, I don't like that. It's almost you like know? the media controls a lot. Yeah, Yo, you think? <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny to me, too, if you go back and you look at, like, the beginning stages of some of these serial killers and what their names, uh, who coined their first names, they're usually not as cool as the one they wind up being, like, globally known as. Right. It's like... You know, it's whatever the ratings give them. Yeah, the stinky foot killer. Right. You know what I mean? Like turns the, into the freaking I don't know the washboard abs killer or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Look at those abs! Now shut up. So the nickname actually came. Bible John came after a critical witness described a man who picked up a uh, a woman up. Okay, um, quoted all kinds of smack uh, from the Old Testament. Mm. Okay. And frowned on those cheating ass bastards, you know. So he had a thing about adultery and pr- promiscuity. Interesting. Yeah. And then yet he's going around killing people. Yes. Again, zealot or is he just full of crap and trying to give himself a give himself a reason to do it? Ooh. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Just saying. Yeah. The case would also be the first time in Scotland in which the Crown Office authorized the publication of a composite drawing of an individual suspected of murder. Yeah, his picture looks weird. <laughs> but it's the first time they did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're talking I mean, the late a, 60s? Yeah, it was a really good picture that they did. It's just weird because like, if you look at his picture, then look at the supposed person that they may or may not link things to. It's weird how similar they are. In future episodes, we will have this guy right here, this thing going with pictures and stuff in the background so you can see live as we're doing this and yes. whatnot. In the meantime, we'll just post those up on socials yes. so you can see the weirdness that is Bible John. <laughs> So Bible John's victims were all young brunette women between the ages of 25 and 32 who had, who had met the man who would end their lives at the Barrowland Ballroom, a dance hall and music venue in the city, which is really odd, too. And this this place comes up a lot Yeah. in this investigation. It is weird. Like, it's it's just, I don't know, it's just weird to me. It's almost like that, uh, that place that uh, Dahmer was hanging out at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, he yeah. was hanging out there, and he, they said he they knew him. He would come in and hang out with these guys, go home with these guys, and these guys would never come back and never be seen again, but yet nobody said anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird. So first, let's talk about uh, the first victim here, uh, Patricia Docker, okay? The death of 25-year-old auxiliary nurse Patricia Docker was discovered in a lockup garage doorway on February 23, 1968, by a man heading to work in Carmichael Place, Battlefield, Glasgow. Ooh. Battlefield. Battlefield. Where do you live? I live in Carmichael Place, Battlefield. (laughs) I I wish I lived in a place like that. I live in Olmstead. (laughs) The hell's in Olmstead? I I think it's like Homestead. Oh, but we just kind of... But I think somebody like, I don't know, accidentally didn't add the H. It sounds about right. I mean, but it's O-L-M. I'm not real sure what an Olmstead is. Olm, whatever. Eh. So her body was found just a few yards from Langside Place where she was residing, Okay. Her body showed severe blunt force trauma, specifically to her head and face. She had been killed by a powerful ligature, maybe a belt. Okay. Hmm. The crime scene showed that Docker's handbag, watch, and clothing was taken. Her clothes were never located, but a subsequent underwater search team, uh, they recovered her handbag from the uh, the river cart. I guess it's a river they have there. Gotcha. And her watch from a body of water not far from the murder scene. So whoever did this took her stuff and kind of scattered it. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's odd. Yeah. You know, but stranger things. Stranger things. True, you know. true, true. After making a buttload of inquiries. Inquiries? Inquiries. inquiries. <laughs> you know those inquiries. <laughs> right in the neighborhood. Super scary. <laughs> Super scary. 
inquiries in the neighborhood, a witness came forward who claimed to have heard a woman yell, quote, leave me alone the night before. Okay, so somebody heard someone yelling at someone else. Interesting. Unfortunately, at the crime scene, solid evidence was, uh, it wasn't really available. Okay, there wasn't a lot there. It's all just a bunch of, you know, shit. for lack of a better word. <laughs> Nevertheless, the body was identified as a nurse who worked at the neighboring, uh, oh boy, Mienskirk. Yeah. Mernskirk. 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 M-E-A-R-N-S-K-S-K-I-R-K. Yeah. Mienskirk. Mienskirk. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird even saying that word. I know, it's weird. You went home right now. Just say Mernskirk. Doesn't sound right, does it? <laughs> That's yeah. the whole Mern. <laughs> like, Mern. You have to do the face. Mern. skirt. <laughs> <laughs> So at a hospital there in Mirenskirt by the ambulance, she was found by uh, the ambulance driver who recovered the corpse. Okay, that's who I actually identified her. And oh. I mean, so it's it's I, she knew the the ambulance driver knew who she was. Wow. Yeah. As a result, her father officially identified her vic- uh, the victim the next day. So her dad had to come and do it. That sucks. So Patricia was uh, a married mother of one who was recently separated from her marriage. She told her parents she would be dancing at the Majestic Ballroom on Hope Street the night of her murder. So she was a nurse and a dancer. Oh, okay. Okay. Still, for some reason, possibly because the Barrel uh, Land Ballroom sponsored an over 25-year-old uh, night there every Thursday. An over 25-year-old night. That's interesting. So we know Leonardo DiCaprio is not going to be there. <laughs> there. There's nothing for him there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia spent most of the evening there at the Barrel and Ballroom. Gotcha. Okay. Because she's hanging out with some grownups and she's like in her, you know, 20s. Like, of course she is. She's going there, you know. Apparently this place is hopping. Oh, yeah. yeah it just sounds like it's always hopping. So her parents suspected that she, uh, she had uh, stayed the night with a friend when she didn't come home that evening. Mm. After several days of investigation, police discovered that Docker had left the Majestic Ballroom late at night to go over to the Barrowland, Barrow, Barrowland, B-A-R-R. It's bar, Barrow. Yeah, Barrow. Barrow, yeah. not Barrow. Like you're taking something Correct. from someone. B-O. Correct. Who's got B-O? Do I think? No, we good. Okay. We smell like <laughs> Dr. Squatch. Dr. Squatch. <laughs> so uh, she ended up going over, back over to the, the Barrowland, okay, right. where she most likely ran across the person who murdered her. So an autopsy performed by Gilbert Forbes at the University of Glasgow Medical School determined that uh, Patricia had died from strangulation, remember we talked about the belt, Mm -hmm. and that there was no obvious sign of a sexual assault. Okay. Okay. In addition, the rigor mortis stage of her corpse at the time um, that she was found, it actually suggested that she had had passed away soon after she left the Barrowland Ballroom. Oh, wow. So it was like, basically... Whoever was with her is probably the person. Right. Okay. Investigators believe she had been seized before being brutally punched and kicked in the face while yelling, quote, leave me alone. Remember, we heard someone else say that. She said it twice, but somebody else heard someone yelling that, you know. Right. Then, uh, so, okay, so here's what I don't understand here. Um, it says no obvious sign of sexual assault. And this is all taken from the 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 actual documentation from this. Then it says, then he raped poor Patricia before killing her by strangling her and leaving her naked body outside the entrance to the lockup garage at Carmichael Place with just one shoe nearby. So there wasn't any foul play in the rape regards prior to her death, and then after her death he did all that? Maybe, but I mean, so... Yeah, the way are they, it's worded is weird. Yeah, because raped means it's not consensual. Correct. Therefore, saying sexual assault would mean not consensual. Correct. So... Yeah, they worded that super weird. Yeah, I, I don't know. So I don't know if she was or was not, and I'm sorry. Either way, it 
it sucks. So it's just weird, right? Yeah. So then the next victim is Jemima uh, McDonald. Jemima, uh, J- damn it, Jemima McDonald. Just J- Jemima McDonald is not an easy thing to get out. Definitely not. A 32-year-old mother of three wanted to go out dancing at the, of course, the the Barrowland uh, Barrow Land Ballroom on Saturday, August 16th of 1969. She was a frequent patron to the Barrowland, and as was customary in their family, Margaret O'Brien looked after Jemima's three children while she was out doing her thing. Okay. So, Margaret is the babysitter. Right. Okay. As midnight drew near, she was spotted with a young, well-groomed, and well-spoken male with a slender frame between the age of 25 and 35, who was between six foot tall and possibly six foot two, okay? Or for you smarter people, uh, 1.83 meters. That, that That's not right. 1.83 meters? That's not six foot, is it? No, that's not even... No, wait. Yeah, it is. Because a meter... Well, yeah. Well, no. No. Two foot or two meters would be like... Six, six foot. Six foot. Roughly. Yeah. So it's 1.83. So it's a little less than yeah, six feet then, right? Six feet, yeah. so like, <laughs> we're, we're smart. <laughs> he's not about, he's about 45 hamburgers tall. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so he, he allegedly spoke with a unique uh, Glaswegian dialect. Oh. Okay. Had short, dark brown hair with uh, pale streaks and occasionally threw Bible verses into his conversation. Hmm. Mm, yeah. Jemima was last seen going towards Main Street or Landressy Street in the direction of her house at uh, right around 12.40 a.m. Gotcha. On August 17th, after someone saw her at the Barrowland, okay, with the guy after midnight. Mm. Okay, so mm, she's leaving with said person. Right. Right, and everyone's, not everyone, but people saw her. Right. Right, saw her leaving with the individual. When she didn't get home, her sister was worried. Later that day, her sister started to hear rumors that young kids had been spotted leaving a rundown apartment building on uh, McKee Street and uh, talking about a dead body. Oh, yeah. Not good. Well, one, I feel really bad that she's dead or this person is dead because you know, at this point, do we know? We don't, it might not be her. Right, right. Just saying. Right, right, right. But then kids finding it. Yeah, it's, it's messed up. Y'all want to see a dead body? <laughs> yeah. So by Monday morning, her sister O'Brien was so worried that she entered the old ass building herself, fearing the worst. But instead, she found her sister's severely beaten body lying face down with her shoes and stockings at her side. Oh, Remember, we said that earlier with Patricia is that she that she was found with her shoe next to her. Right. Just a really weird thing to do. Yeah, I don't. One time I could see like it falling off and then like the 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 guy leaving. Right. But it almost sounds like they're being placed there. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. It is weird. So a post, uh, post-mortem autopsy concluded that Jemima had been raped and severely beaten with most of the force directly uh, directed at her face before she had been strangled to death with one of her own stockings. Oh, wow. Yeah. Her murder had occurred approximately 30 hours before her body was discovered. Now, unlike Patricia, the body of Jemima was fully clothed. Right. Okay. Her undergarments had been torn, and just like Patricia, she had been on her period at the time of her death. Super weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, how's it going? Are you on your period? Oh, let's go for a walk. You know what I mean? Yeah, how like, does that conversation start? Right. Like, who... What? Right. Like, who does that? Or... I don't know. Or maybe... I, I'm not... You know what? I'm not even going to ask. I, I don't even want to... Nope. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> not going to do it. Mm. So, police inquiries into uh, Jemima, uh, her movements on the night of her murder, produced several eyewitnesses who could accurately describe the man she was with at the Barrowland. 
Door-to-door searches on McKeith Street also made a woman uh, who remembered hearing female screams on the evening of Jemima's murder, okay? So they actually talked to this, or they at least, they found out about her, okay? Right. However, this person could not remember the exact time. Consequently, police considered this information a crock of shit and didn't give it another thought. So, in other words, you hear this, and then because somebody can't completely remember, remember the, the human brain, man, our memory is weird. That's why, like, testimony from people when they say they saw something, it only goes, that's considered circumstantial. Right. You know what I mean? Like, unless you were physically, like, right there at the time, but if you're like, no, I'm pretty sure I saw him, the, the fact you said pretty sure, yeah. gone. Yep. Gone. So, obviously, the city of Glasgow police uh, noted several similarities between the murders of Patricia Docker and Jemima McDonald, right? Okay. We've got a few similarities here. Right. First, both women had attended the Barrowland Ballroom on the evening of their murder. Okay. That seems kind of suspicious right off the bat. Yeah, right there, yeah. Secondly, they had been beaten before being strangled to death with a ligature. Yeah. Mm. Finally, they were both menstruating and had their handbags taken from the crime scene. Yeah. However, initially, both murders were not considered to be the work of the same murderer. Okay. Okay. So it's like you know they they were kind of piecing together like well maybe maybe maybe, and then they were like ah no we don't want to start you know put the city in a frenzy by saying there's a serial killer out there you know what I mean yeah I mean yeah I guess you know what I'm saying though you like you don't want to yeah. So despite extensive public appeals, the investigation into the murder of Patricia Docker had quickly become a cold case. Police had little information owing to a lack of witnesses and hard evidence. Again, the circumstantial evidence. I I think I heard this person or I thought I saw this person. You know what I mean? That's, That's all circumstantial. Right. The investigation had also been severely screwed up because investigators had not discovered that Patricia had attended the barrel land on the evening of her murder until three days after she died. Right. 18 months later, following the discovery of Jemima McDonald, police became aware of similarities to the murder of Patricia Docker. Although police did not conclusively link both murders to the same asshole, they could not wholly discount the idea. Mm. So in other words, like, yeah, it's, you know, you got a couple of these, you know, like yeah. column A is kind of filling up pretty quick, but column, but column B, I'm not too, you know, I don't know about yet, you know like you gotta wait for a third oh wait (laughs) that happens so in addition police were confident that the perpetrators held a high degree of local geographic uh, geographical knowledge they knew their way around right okay however they may have been a stranger to the actual district okay as none of the eyewitnesses with whom investigators talked to knew the man or men and we'll talk about that too, seen in the company of either woman before the murder. So nobody recognized the guy. Right. Okay, but yet he seemed to know his way around. Right. Fishy. A little bit. A little little odd. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Now, as we briefly mentioned earlier, for the first time in in a Scottish murder hunt, a composite drawing of the man with whom McDonald had last been seen alive was given to the media. Okay? Right. It was widely distributed via newspapers and television throughout Scotland to identify, you know, this miserable piece of shit. I, I mean, suspect. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, I, I'm, yes. did, did I say that? Yeah, it slipped of the tongue. Oh, wow. That was weird. Yeah. Also, male and female undercover police officers performed discreet surveillance at the Barrowland Ballroom to attempt to identify the suspect. So they were out there like, do a little dance. Make a little love. Damn it. Now we're going to be on another damn thing. I got to stop. <laughs> Find out who the murderer was. Yeah. 
YouTube, stop it. I'm just singing. Come on. <laughs> we made up that beat. Yeah. So police surveillance of the Barrel Land Ballroom would be terminated in late October of 1969 due to the initiative failing to produce any suspects, mm. like whatsoever. The pub owners also blamed detectives for a sharp decrease in attendance figures. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, you said pub owners and it sounded like you said pub owners. Pub owners? <laughs> the pub owners. <laughs> sorry. Oh, you're trying to say like pro bono? Like no. <laughs> pub Pub owner. owners. <laughs> Pub owners. Not pub owners. I don't know if I know what a pub owner is. <laughs> it's what you do when you're. I don't even know where I was going to go with that. <laughs> when you when you making pu whoopee. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, let me ask you a question here though. Yeah. So they've got police there, right. quote unquote, male and female undercover police there, okay. right? Mm -hmm. Um. But the pub owners are blaming the detectives because nobody wants to go there because. There's cops there. Well, they're undercover. How are they supposed to know that there are cops there? They're not doing a very good job being undercover. No. It's like walking in, flash your badge, like, you want to dance with me, babe? Yeah. Like, I don't know. They got a little blue and red little light on top of their head. Or I don't know what the hell's going on. Get a guy out front checking IDs before they come in. Like, oh, this is national security. I need you to give your ID. Everybody, he's just dancing, doing his little thing. Hey, how you doing? I'm a cop. You know that, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you say your due can and will be held against you in the law court alone. And then he just moonwalks away. <laughs> that was a little bit before moonwalking, but still. All right, so the third victim here, Helen Puttock. Okay, on October 31st, 1969, a man walking his ugly-ass, one-eyed, three-legged dog discovered the body of 29-year-old Helen Puttock behind an apartment in the Scottsdale district of Glasgow. Obviously, I'm kidding. They weren't in Glasgow. No, I'm just kidding. The dog. Sorry. I was going to say, like, it's a pretty fucking prominent <laughs> description of the dog. Yeah, the dog only had two legs. His name was Hopper. Anyway, um, so Helen's body was found next to a drain pipe, okay, in the back garden of her Earl Street flat. Oh. Okay, it's very sad. She had been stripped partially naked and extensively beaten on the face before being raped, then strangled to death with one of her own stockings. Her handbag's contents were actually scattered close to her body, although the purse was missing from the crime scene. So the dude literally dumped it out and then took it. Okay. Uh, or maybe he was looking for something and just there was nothing in there. And But what's the point in taking an empty purse? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Unless it's a trophy. Yeah. A lot of dudes do that. Or murderers. That. Not just dudes, but like murderers, murderers like yeah, serial killers. They take trophies. Trophies you know? for it, yeah. So it's very possible. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe it was in a very expensive bag. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> is that Chanel? <laughs> oh, y'all got that coach? <laughs> I'm going to take that. <laughs> so grass stains on her feet and shoes indicated that she had desperately attempted to fight off her killer. Damn. Forensic evidence dictates that uh, that she tried to climb a nearby uh, railway embankment. So she was actually trying to get away from the guy. Right. She fought hard, and there was a, a, an embankment there, and she tried climbing over the damn thing. And unfortunately, she didn't make it. Her body also adorned a deep bite mark on her upper right thigh, which will come into play here in a little bit. Interesting. So whoever this person was, they bit her on the inside of the thigh. Hmm. Yeah. Which, I i don't know. I, okay. Go ahead. Ask away. If the head's down there and you're still kind of with it, couldn't you just squish his head like a watermelon? Just grab it. Just oh, it depends. Up. Like it, it again. It depends on. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of who knows when he that. did that though. Right. It could have been did he do fact. it while she was unconscious? Right. You know what I mean? Like at any point in time, he, I don't know. There's a whole lot of scenarios in my head where that just 
making me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, well, it's all yeah. very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it does come into play later, so okay. keep that in mind. Okay. So as, uh, as, as with the other two unfortunate victims, um, she had also been on her period. Dude, that's so fucking weird. Right? That doesn't make any sense to me. Her murderer had placed her sanitary napkin, okay, beneath her left arm. Sanitary napkin? Her tampon. But it says sanitary napkin? It's sanitary. Well, it actually says sanitary towel. But I figured everybody's like, what the hell is that? Yeah. It's a it's a pad. It's a, yeah. It's a pad. So put this right next to you. Just put it under her left arm. Almost as a sign of... Like he knew? He knew. Well, he obviously had to know, well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that it's an, like some sort of a, I don't know... What is that called? The uh, the the mark of the the A back in the day. What they oh, used to do with yeah, people, the, the you know, thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's scarlet letter. Thank you. That's yeah. it. And scarlet kind of. Oh, yeah. Yep. Brought oh. that around. So maybe that's his scarlet letter. Wow, I didn't think about that at all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no offense, ladies, at all. I get no, it. It's one hundred percent natural. But him doing that to her is fucked up. Yeah. Super. So the evening before the murder, Helen and her sister, Jean Langford, and we'll talk about Jean a lot through here, had been to the, hey, guess where they were? Oh, uh, the, the local library. Uh, no. Studying? Mm-mm. No? Nope. Next. No. You want to try again? Uh, the local supermarché. Uh, no. Oh, no? No, they were at the Barrowland Ballroom. Of course they were. Yes. Where they met and hung out with two men, ironically, both named John. <laughs> Hey, the, how are you doing? This is my friend John. Oh, by the way, I'm I'm John as well too. But I'm with uh with without the H. He's with the H. Only cool people are named John without the H. I'm just saying that right now. 100. percent For all you other Johns out there, yeah, yeah. I only know one yeah. John without the H, and that's you. Thank you. Yeah, he's one in a million. Anyway, so one of these dudes had said he worked as a Slater and resided in Castle Milk. Okay, which obviously has to be there in the surrounding area. While the other had been a well-spoken man, ah, remember that fact, yes, yes. who did not disclose where he lived. Of course not. After being in the company of these two individuals for more than an hour, all four, they left the Barrowland Ballroom to head home. Mm-hmm. Okay? The first John, which is so weird to even, it's just there's multiple Johns in this. Yeah. It's just so weird. Uh, this is Jean, the sister, her dance partner, mm-hmm. okay, walked to George Square to board a bus while Langford, her, her sister, um, wait, well, Langford, her sister, Helen, and the other John, uh, who was, you know, Helen's dance partner, mm. so the other John, okay, they all got a taxi. Interesting. So one John bails out, mm-hmm. see you guys later, and then the other John, the one who doesn't disclose where, where he's from and stuff, yeah. goes with them and gets a taxi. Okay. Mm. The three of them set off from Glasgow Cross, making a 20-minute journey toward Helen's sister's Knightswood home, during their conversation in the cab, they began discussing the killer's psychological profile. Because remember, it's in the newspaper. There's a uh, the the picture of him out there and everything else. I'm sorry, but if I pick up a date at a dance hall, that is not going to be a topic of discussion while we're traveling home with said stranger. I don't know. I'm kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, like... It, it, it might if, have been it, brought up. Now, who knows who brought it up? But if the title of the newspaper article where this was being talked about was Bible John and his name was John, I probably would brought it up. I could see that. Yeah, I could I see that being a bit, a bit like... like well, first of all, I'd have been like at the dance club like... What's your name? John. Bye. Right. Gone. Just gone. I'm out. I'm not dancing with anyone named John at all. 
And then my name is John. I still wouldn't do it. <laughs> Just saying. It's Jonathan. Thank you. Anyway. So, yeah, they start talking about the psychological profile, okay? And, you know, kind of just making the ride morbidly entertaining. Morbidly entertaining. Yeah. yeah that's a... You know, because, I mean, this is like a big thing that's happening. And well, they're like, yeah. oh, my God, who do you think it is? And, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, right. I could see that happening in a conversation. Yeah. Especially, they're coming from the ballroom. You know, they had a couple of... What do they drink over in Glasgow? It's just Scotland. Scotch. Scotch. Ooh, they've got good scotch over there, don't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, they're getting a little knickered, aren't they? Yeah, they're in the back of that talk. See, talking about all this shit here now. You know what I mean? They're doing it. They're like, oh, you're about to kill her. Ah! You do a very good Scottish accent, but almost, it's, almost, it's almost so good that you don't understand what the fuck you're saying. Well, that's, that's how they talk. I mean, kind of, kind of. We love you, Scotland. Love you so much. So anyway, so upon arrival at her home, Helen's sister exited the cab, leaving Helen and her dance partner still inside the cab. So Helen's sister dipped out with a dude named John, and they're talking about a killer. Why, why would you leave your sister? Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, like, hey, let me just walk into your door. I'm gonna crash on your couch. Y'all have fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how about um, a, you're not going with us. B, you're not going with him. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know who you are. There's a murderer going around right now. Name John. Guess what your name is. <laughs> It's done. <laughs> but yeah, his with the without the H though. That's oh, a, is that what it is? Oh, yeah. That's probably what they're talking about. That, the whole put them at thing. ease then. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Without the H means he's less of a hoe. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I think. I yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so Langford, uh, the sister here, later informed to Texas that her, her sister's companion had been a teetotal individual. And I love that. It means he doesn't drink. Correct. Mm -hmm. Who repeatedly quoted from the Old Testament stories of Moses when she and her sister had talked with him in the taxi. Okay, so now let's kind of put all these things together real quick. Okay. His name's John. Mm-hmm. They just met the guy. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about uh, the psycho- psychology of the killer. Wait, where do they meet him at? Uh, at the place where two of the other women have been That's right. last seen. Yep. And... The, the murderer's name is Bible John, and this guy's talking in verses. Oh, Bible verses? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't singing hymns? No. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. That would be fucking weird as shit. Yeah. Like, he's just, you're sitting there talking, and all of a sudden he just breaks out into a hymn. Yeah. Lord gonna come get me. <laughs> Lord gonna come get me. What the f- <laughs> Like, nope, nope. <laughs> so anyway, I, all of those are severe, huge red flags to me. And, yep. you know what I mean? It, it, at least to me. Oh, yeah. This is in the late 60s, though, and this is probably not something that happened very often around hey, there. Man, that's the era of love. Peace, love, and... Understanding? It? Is that, that what it is? Yeah. Okay. What's on it about peace, love, and understanding? Who sang that? Um, hold on, I know who it is. Oh, Elvis Costello. Is that really the Costello? Yeah. Elvis Costello, I'm pretty sure. That, that name sounds so familiar. And if I'm wrong on that... Familiar. That's fine. You don't have to let us know because I will look it up afterwards. No, yeah. I won't. Let us know. Let us know if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that's Elvis what's Costello. so funny about peace, love, and understanding. That's uh, Elvis Costello. Okay. Yes. Yes. He had the big black rim glasses. Yeah, yeah I know time. who Costello is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't recall that song. Yeah. You don't You don't know any songs. No, I don't know any movies. No, uh, well, yeah. I know good music when I listen to it. <laughs> so anyway, a teetotaler, as you just mentioned, was someone who didn't drink. Yeah. They didn't drink alcohol. They okay. 
explicitly right. refuse of the So alcohol. my question is, why is he at the ballroom if he doesn't drink? I mean, obviously, maybe he just likes to dance. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Because there are a few people that go to a, the ballroom and they'll get like a fucking cranberry juice or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and just, they just, just like to dance. dance. They just want to dance. Yeah. Like, I, just, I just want I just want to dance. I just want to dance. Listen, I've had a rough day. I just need to dance. I get it, I guess. I don't get it. I don't get that don't get at that all. At all. But I can see that. I, yeah. I, I guess some people, yeah, I mean, okay, all we're right. Not, we're not all Kevin right. Bacon, you know. We don't know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> so today, they'd be, uh, those people that didn't drink alcohol, they'd be called uh, um, smart, is what they'd be called. They would be called not having as many brain cells gone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They probably wouldn't be podcast hosts. Anyway, <laughs> so now this John, okay, this creepy John that's hanging out and talking about all this and all these red flags going everywhere had uh-huh. also referred to the barrel land as an old uh, quote adulterous den of iniquity then why were you there if it, I, swear I to, thought you just wanted to dance John I swear to God if the next thing that comes up is hey are you on your period no I'm not okay bye mm-hmm. well and he also said how married women visiting the premises were all whores. You're all a bunch of whores. So wait, he's not allowed, he doesn't drink, but he just wants to dance. Maybe they just want to dance. You think about that? Uh, maybe, maybe. maybe I'm paraphrasing. Dance. He didn't call them whores. He basically just said that they were like sinners or whatever he said. Yeah, yeah. they were whores, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's, that, that was happening while they were getting their coats at the end of the evening. Mm. So supposedly before he even got into the taxi with them. Yeah. Nope. So you're... Okay, let's back this up real fast. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Um, Bible John, killer, out and about. There's yes. a picture everywhere in uh-huh. the newspaper, right? Yep. Yep. Bing, bing. Okay. This guy, named John. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talking about uh, in the uh, taxi, talking about killers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, spitting out Bible verses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the borrow land, but doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. Right? Just likes to dance, right? I want to dance with somebody. Right? Mm-hmm. That's his thing. That's mm-hmm. what he wants to do. Right. And as before they're living or leaving, they called it a an adulterous den of iniquity and that uh, married women visiting that spot were whores. <clears throat> why? Why? Why would you leave with this gentleman? Why? And then why would the sister leave? Mm-hmm. The more we do the these the, this show, the more... And more I get livid. You know, I feel like there should be a new um, a new course in schools that they teach you. It's called How to Catch a Killer. Yeah. And it's you talking about what not to do yeah. with a guy you just met at a fucking club. I'm, I'm, I'm into that. They should have that. 100%. Just like how you should like learn to balance your checkbook yeah. and perhaps do your taxes. Yeah. Maybe how to, like, identify who might fucking kill you. Yeah. How's that? That's a good point. Or even, you know, just, there's a glimmer. And, that, and seriously, this goes out to everybody out there. And this is just, it's not just women, but I, I guess more so women than men. Mm-hmm. If you feel weird and you know the signs, get out of it. Get out. Do whatever you can. Get out of it. Because you never know. It could be the last time you have a chance to get out of it. There's two Period. things that you can typically do that I found out that are actually really good. If you're a female, you order an, what's called an angel shot, right? I heard, yeah, I've heard about that one. And then the, the newest one, which I love, is, is that the uh, thing on the arm? No, it's oh. if you're a guy and you feel uncomfortable with the female you're with, you order the Johnny Depp shot. <laughs> Call the the Amber Heard shot. Anyways, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> 
I thought you were actually going with something there. That's you, actually true, though. There's a few. Me. There's a few bars on the West Coast that actually do that. They have. It's a, called a Johnny Depp shot. It's called a Johnny Depp shot. Oh my God! Why is Alexa going crazy? Alexa, shut up. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> do we even say your name? I don't even know. No. That was but anyway, you everyone at this point in time, hopefully, uh, if if you don't know the red flags and stuff like that please talk to people and if you do follow them right they're 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 called red flags for a reason right. man and for those that don't think it's going to happen to them those are the ones that definitely need to partake in learning that absolutely sign yeah yeah because it can happen to anybody at any point in time it literally can happen to anybody. men women i mean look uh, the the Dahmer series that's out right now those were men mm-hmm. and yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. if that drink tastes funny leave yeah or if you don't see them actually personally i told you i want to do an episode completely on basically how how to avoid a killer yeah we're going to do an episode coming up soon on how to avoid a killer and we're going to go through and we're going to do bing 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 all the way down the line yes we should do that the newest thing that i found out that i think is awesome which i don't care for nor really like partake in myself but is that fingernail polish that you can dip in your finger and it'll change a different color depending on if there's trace amounts of uh, the date rape jug oh really yeah there's fingernail polish you can buy it's it's a little expensive because obviously it does something really critical but you literally you just like if you grab your drink put your finger in it while you grab it and then pull your finger out and look and be like oh god this got something in it you know <laughs> You know what I mean? Just stirring every drink with a finger. Right. Just every drink. I would. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I do it myself anyways. I, I, that, but yeah. It's 100% just, I would do that. You know what I mean? Ugh, yeah, Guy or girl, just put that shit on your fucking finger. Who uh, cares? Oh. So going back to this, obviously, yeah. that's called a derail, folks. Welcome <laughs> to the train. Yeah, we do. Um, it, my, my thing is, is that it, all of these red flags just didn't. Yeah, didn't pop I don't, up at all? I don't get it. Would they? I mean, I don't know. I don't get it. Were they that inebriated? Yeah. Uh, maybe again maybe you never know and he obviously wasn't right so helen had gotten out of the taxi at kelso street before seeing the vehicle turn towards earl street okay Mm -hmm. so she saw the direction it was going in so the suspect was described by helen's sister as being a tall slim and well-dressed young man with reddish or fair hair rounded neatly at the back between 25 and 30 and approximately 5 feet 10 inches tall Okay. The hair is a little different than the other couple. Correct. And which is about 1.78 meters for yeah, that 1.83. So he's a little shorter. A little according, but again, when people are walking by, you don't really True. Unless there's like a that little thing on the outside of 7-Elevens that show you like if you're robbing a place, <laughs> you can't really tell, you know what I mean? <laughs> so this weirdo had given his name as either John Templeton, John Simpleson, or John Emerson. She couldn't really remember. I'm thinking they had a few beers, if you know what I'm saying. A few drinks, a few a few scotches. John Templeton. John Templeton. That's a red flag. John Templeton? Because Bibles. Religious saints are called temples. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's possible. Yeah. yeah. Simpleton. Like Simpleton. Okay, I can understand that. Yeah. Emerson. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no correlation at all. I mean, I but Templeton. I think she just misheard and didn't get what his name was. It probably was Templeton. You know what I mean? Though. So, it possibly, very possibly. Yeah, yeah. But it comes up a little bit later here. Oh. So, depending on how many drinks they had, of course, there she's not real sure. Right. Again, he had been polite and well-spoken, having frequently quoted from the Old Testament during their taxi ride home and indicating he was neither Catholic nor Protestant. Okay. Mm. Interesting. 1960s over in Scotland. I don't know what the religious kind of thing was going on there. Well, so you definitely weren't a pagan. Huh? He wasn't a pagan? Yeah. Oh, I, I, 
<laughs> so Helen's sister stated uh, stated that it had be uh, it had become increasingly clear to her as they had ridden in the taxi that this man did not want her to be there. So he was focused on her sister. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. That's six. That's six red flags right there. If you felt that you sh- he didn't want you there, then why you leaving? On top of Bible, John. Jonathan name all the things we've talked about. Yeah. Oh my god, I just I want to mm. <laughs> Anyway, I'm okay. So anyway, said that she didn't she felt like he didn't want her to be there, okay? Right, right. So at one point during the ride, he had explained to the woman the reason he refrained from consuming alcohol was due to his being conditioned by a strict parental attitude before adding, quote, "I don't drink at Hogmanay. I pray." Okay, so he's kind of a zealot. Kind of? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. He had also alluded to his father's belief that dance halls were dens of iniquity, as we talked about earlier, with any married woman who frequented these premises being adulterous by nature. So why are you there? Well, we know why he's there. Because yeah. whores, you're all whores. That's why. <laughs> his eyes, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> so Helen's sister had informed detectives that the man hanging with Helen had been a slim, tall individual dressed in a well-cut brown Reed and Taylor brand, brand suit. Nice. Right? Kind of like we talked about it. Mm-hmm. He had also smoked embassy cigarettes, or he, he smoked embassy cigarettes. Mm. She also recalled mentioning that he had been familiar with several drinking premises in the Yoker district of Glasgow. He's not a drinker. Right. And that he had worked in a laboratory at one stage. Okay. Okay. In addition, she was able to, to describe the distinct facial features of this dude, such as his overlapping front teeth. Oh. Remember the bite mark from earlier. Oh. However, bouncers at the Barrel and Ballroom dismissed, dismissed her description. Yep. Claiming that the man was short and well-spoken with black hair. <laughs> Were they drinking too? He wasn't tall at all. 5'10's not exactly tall, though. In the 60s? Yeah, right. Is that tall? That I mean, that's above average. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. Thanks. <laughs> so now, is it possible that the people at the Barrowland were in on it? Oh. Was somebody there potentially in on it? I mean, that wouldn't make sense because if this is a recurring act at the exact same spot you would almost think that somebody would be in on that well like hey let me know who is on their period and is a little i don't know how they would know that yeah you know what i mean like that's got to happen by like uh, i don't know that's got that is that a question you ask it doesn't seem like happen chance though that's got to be something that's found out did you say happen chance yes happenstance. That's what I said. No, you didn't. What? How's it feel to be me, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) So the last possible sighting of the suspect was made by the driver and conductor on a night service bus. Okay. Okay. Who noticed a young man matching the description given by Helen's sister exiting a bus at the junction of Dumberton Road and Gray Street at approximately 2 o'clock in the morning on October the 31st. Hmm. Okay. He was in a particularly disheveled state. Particularly. Particularly. With mud stains on his jacket and an irritated red mark on his cheek beneath one eye. Remember, she fought. Both witnesses also recalled him repeatedly tucking a cuff of one sleeve into his jacket. Okay. So in other words, if there was something on there, like, I don't know, blood. Hmm. 
And a, a also on the other side of this, a man's cufflink had actually been found alongside of Helen's body. Oh. He's hiding his thing. And, you know, that it's missing a cufflink. Yeah. Mm. This person was last seen walking towards the public ferry to cross the River Clyde to the city's south side. So the murder of Helen Puttock had um, held many similarities to the two previous murders. Obviously, we just talked about them. Further raising suspicions that all three murders were committed by the same person. Mm-hmm. Each victim had been the mother of at least one child. Mm. I feel like that... Maybe, 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 maybe. I don't know if that's really... like I wouldn't add that to my list, but maybe. Um, and had met her murderer at the Barrel and Ballroom. That's huge. Yes. That part's huge. That is gigantic, yes. The purse of each woman was missing. Mm-hmm. Also huge. Trophies. Mm-hmm. Each victim had been strangled to death and and by their own... Something on themselves. The right. first one was a belt and then both stockings. Both stockings. Okay. Yeah. So, in other words, he didn't have any... He wasn't prepared. Some killers, when they go out doing their thing or whatever, they take, like, a uh, like a kill bag with them. Right. You know, or kill kit. Yeah. And then there's other ones that are just completely passionate and off the cuff right. that will use whatever's there. Yeah, rock He's whatever, yeah. the latter. You know what I mean? Right. So, each victim had been, uh, again, strangled, and at least two women had been raped before, before the murders. In addition, all three women were escorted home by their killer and murdered within yards of their doorstep. Not to mention, all of them had been menstruating at the time of their death. I don't wonder. Yeah, okay. Each woman, and I only talked about one of these, each woman had a sanitary pad or tampon placed uh, upon, beneath, or near their body. This led to speculation that the woman and the women were murdered for their refusal to engage in intercourse with their murderer due to their visitor being there. Oh, okay. Yeah, think about that real fast. So, you go out, you meet somebody, you meet a, a, a fine young lady at the barrel end, whatever, mm-hmm. and, you know, unfortunately, he's like, hey, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. she's like, uh, no, I kind of, you know... <laughs> It, it's 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 uh, it's off limits. Yeah, right it's now. off limits right now. You Come know, back and forth. And Flo was in town, and <laughs> she don't like your ass. So, <laughs> and he gets pissed off about it. Yeah, that's a very okay uh, astute point. But yeah. in the other side of that too, if he's calling them all adulteresses and calling it a den of iniquity, then he's assuming that everybody there is a whore. Right. And if they're not giving it up, oh, then immediately enraged. So then it also begs into question as well, too, is that if there were other people that went with a guy of similar traits and survived, like this guy went with them and they did give it up and were able to tell the tale about it. Correct. There's nothing that talks about that. You know what I mean? I mean, it's possible. It's but, very you know possible. I mean? so that's, that's, yeah. that's a huge... So maybe he did go there just to meet women or whatever, and the ones that he actually got what he wanted out of, um, you know, uh, without having to take it. Right. Maybe those women got to live. Right. Where these, because they said no, it infuriated him. And then an act of passion. And if you think about on the other side of that, too, if he is a religious person the way he says he is, Uh was. Well, first off, he wouldn't be smoking. But, yeah, anyways. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of church-going people that smoke. Yeah. I don't think that's a sin, is it? I mean, is it? Alter state Thou shalt not smoke camels. Only Marlboro. Well, I know, like, the Mormons don't do anything. Well, that's dead. I know it's a totally different gambit, but that's still, like, <laughs> that you went, that's what you just did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is that if he is so, he almost hates himself for going out there and right. doing this, and then he's rejected on top of it. Oh, uh, yeah. 
boom, you've got a, it's an atom bomb going off on somebody. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if he's already got this, this thing inside of him where like his religion is not allowing him to drink. Right. He knows he probably shouldn't be there looking for, you know, um, premarital sex. Right. And then he gets turned down. He's flipping his shit. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking is happening. That's why the sanitary napkins are there because that, again, like you said, that's his scarlet letter. Right. That's what it is. You wouldn't do this. So guess what? You're a whore. Fair enough. Listen, this is just my, I'm speculating here, folks. No, but that's. I'm spitballing. That's definitely a good uh, thing you got going on there. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. We'll see what happens as we go through this. And again, we only do unsolved stuff here, so we don't know who this guy is. Nope. Or guys. So anyway. So, of course, this led them to, you know, to think that he didn't get what he wanted. Right. Period. So, within hours of the the discovery. Discovery. (laughs) Oh, the discovery (laughs) of the body. No, sorry. I'll go back and start that over. (laughs) So, within hours of the discovery of the body of Helen Puttock, an additional composite drawing of the suspect was created using the detailed description provided by her sister. So, this is the second Composite drawing done, first time ever, and they've got two on this case now. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Um, she saw the earlier image create, uh, created after the murder of Jemima McDonald and believed it was close. It was similar, but she had a little bit more insight to it. Right. Detective Superintendent Joe Beatty asked the public to look carefully at this composite drawing in case it resembled anyone they knew. Okay. And, okay. of course, that's kind of the point of those. Anyway. Yep. Due to the suspect's hair being unfashionably short for the era, it's late 60s, man. Everyone's got shaggy manes. Oh, yeah. Peace, man. Well, over there would be, peace. Oh, God, how do you do a hippie freaking Scottish accent? Peace. <laughs> it's peace, said you. That works. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sounds so aggressive. <laughs> yeah. but everything they say is, even if it's loving, it sounds so aggressive. Well, well, not necessarily. Because, I mean, Sean Connery. You know, oh, yeah. he's very nice there. He says, I'd like to take off the bow tie and get to know you. You know what I mean? He's very sultry when he says it. Sean Connery could definitely smooth me Sean over. Connery. <laughs> Bond. James Bond. <laughs> you gotta... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, um, over 450 hairdressers in and around Glasgow were uh, shown the updated drawing of the suspect. Like, okay... Did you cut this guy's hair? Did you cut right. someone's hair like this? Well, because the very first picture that we thought of, or the very first description we thought of, was like pale streaks going through his hair, and all of a sudden now he's got red hair. So maybe possibly he did change his hair. You know what I mean? To yeah. try and because they possibly had a good description of him. So now we're going to change our hairstyle to kind of throw off. People. Exactly. Very you know I mean? possible. And it's easy to do. You know what I mean? You just yeah. get some hair coloring it. You know what I mean? You do it. Or go to a hairstylist. Right. 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 So, in addition, all dentists in and around the city were asked to examine their records to do uh, to uh, determine whether they had uh, had records of a male patient with overlapping incisors and a missing tooth on the upper right jaw. Because remember that bite. Yeah. Okay. Both lines of inquiry failed miserably. The police also produced an artist's impression portrait created by Lennox Patterson, registrar of the Glasgow School of Art based on the recollections of Puttock's sister. So the sister came in and he actually like, it wasn't like some dude at a you know, police station going, what color eyes he got? <laughs> this is just black and white. I can't help you. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. This guy was actually like putting together an actual like picture, like drawing it for them. Nice. 
So finally, in June of 1970, police employed the uh, photo fit system to produce a better likeness of the suspect. Hmm. This was the first instance this method of identifying a murder suspect was utilized in Scotland as well. So this case actually had a lot of firsts. Wow. Very unknown case. Yeah. Or little known, should I say. Very little known case. And still, all these different things are coming out, you know? Yeah. Because you're right there at the turn of where uh, the the new breakthroughs in, in criminology are coming out. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, hell, in freaking, what, 10 years from this? Or 15, 20? You got DNA popping up. Right. You know? So, I'm just saying. Which this kind of talks about. Yeah. So, quote, it is quite incredible that this man has eluded us. I am positive this man comes from Glasgow or nearby. He is between 25 and 30, between 5 foot 10 and 6 foot tall, has light red hair, good features, blue-gray eyes, and a smart modern appearance. I do not think he is a very religious, religious man, but just has a normal intelligent working knowledge of the Bible, which he likes to air. There must be many people who know someone who looks like this artist's impression. <laughs> That's from the superintendent, Joe Beattie. Okay, from uh, 1972, describing the prime suspect in this murder case. Gotcha. Okay, so that's who he's saying it is. You guys are lucky I didn't do my Scottish accent during that whole thing. I was, I was about to make it real rough. Like, it's quite incredible. <laughs> well, this man has eluded us. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. So more than 100 detectives were assigned to work full-time on the case, and 50,000 witness statements would be taken in subsequent door-to-door inquiries. Think about that. Wow. How inundated they must be. 50,000. That's nuts. That's a lot. Yes. Wow. So ultimately, more than 5,000 potential suspects would be questioned in the first year of the investigation alone. In addition, Gene Langford would be required to attend over 300 identity lineups. Okay? That's the sister. Yeah. All right? So she had to go to 300 of them. That's ridiculous. Over, actually. Yeah. However, she was adamant none of the individuals required to participate in these lineups had been the individual with whom she had last seen her sister with, and all would be cleared of any involvement. None of them. Mm. Fuck all. That sucks. Yes. Fearing that the perpetrator would strike again, a team of 16 detectives was instructed to mingle with dancers at all dance halls in Glasgow. <laughs> hold on. Ready? Hold on. Let me see if I can. Y'all caught me and want to see me? Y'all, I need you to do something for me. I need you to go down to every dance hall you've got around here. I want you to dance. That's all I want you to do. Keep your eyes on you. Oh, is that, am I getting paid for it? Yeah, you're you're on the clock when you do it. Oh, okay. Uh, do you mind? Can I bring my shoes? Of course, you bring your shoes. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I felt like it was. I don't know. Thank you. In scene. In scene. That was good. That was good. I was impressed. <laughs> Trying to do two at one. That was, that was yeah, really weird. Yeah, you enthralled on that though. I yeah. was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you, the look on your face is like, where is he going with this? I was so anticipating <laughs> the ending to this. <laughs> this is the movie I want to go see. <laughs> and then all it was was, of course you bring your shoes. <laughs> End the scene. <laughs> Just done. That was it. But you know what I'm saying, though? Like, so basically, they're literally sending police uh, officers out to go to all of these dance clubs, you know, and, and just to, to mingle there. So they're basically, they're undercover like the other ones were. Right. So detectives frequented the Barrel Land on Thursday and Saturday nights at over 25 different events. Like the over 25 folk. Yes. Where each victim was presume, presumed to have met their murderer. Hmm. So despite the extensive manhunt, no further developments would come forth. The investigation into the three murders gradually became cold. 
Some officers assigned to the case believe that the perpetrator had either died, had been put in jail for something else, had entered a mental hospital, or, more disgustingly, that senior police officers had known his actual identity. So there, there's talk about that people know who he is, but they're just not giving it up. That's That's super not cool. Ugh, sorry, I'm okay. I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's infuriating. Yeah. It is absolutely infuriating. Ah, yeah. So others speculated that he may have simply just moved away from the Glasgow district or, or actually been murdered himself. This possibly prompted police to circulate uh, multiple copies of the composite drawing uh, at all British Army, Navy, and Air Force bases in the UK, Europe, and the Middle and the Far East. This potential line of inquiry failed to produce any significant leads. So they had, they put that shit out everywhere. I'm talking you're, the Middle East, the Far East, you know what I mean? Like everywhere, all over Europe, all the UK and everything else, and nothing came of it. That's crazy. I have a little bit of a possible what maybe I think might have happened. Okay, okay. You want me to do it now or wait oh, till later? I, you got my attention. I don't need now? To know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to talk to, about the suspects here. All right. Okay. We'll we'll, suspects. So let's go through the suspects, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we'll talk about what my, what my belief on this might be. My my possible theorem. Anecdotal philosophy. Not philosophy. I don't even know what word I'm looking for anyway. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yes. My theory. That's what I was looking for. Yes. So the potential suspects on this. First of all, there's John White. Well, his name's John. That's... We're heading in the right direction. Yeah, we're right there. So one former detective chief inspector, Les Brown, then working with the Strathclyde police, had supplied the current investigators with details of the arrest of a suspect conducted in 1969, which he believes was of a highly likely perpetrator, but was dismissed simply because of his teeth. They didn't overlap. According to Chief Inspector Brown, the man was arguing with a young woman in the Barrowland Ballroom. Ah... Immediately before his arrest, he had significantly raised investigators' concerns, yet the suspect was released from custody despite the fact that he had closely resembled the facial composite and had subsequently supplied police with a false name and address before revealing his actual name and address in the Gorbals, which I'm assuming is like a someplace around there. Yeah. Brown said that the simple fact of this uh, particular suspect not having notably overlapping front teeth despite one police sergeant's acknowledgement of his being the best suspect, was sufficient for ordering his release. Nope, sure wasn't. Several years later, Brown spoke to a detective who had taken the same man to a hospital after arresting him outside the Barland Ballroom at the time of the murder. So he's back there again and arrested again. Hmm. Even though the suspect had needed several stitches in his head following an altercation, he escaped from the hospital immediately as his handcuffs were taken off. At the time of this incident, this individual had also given his name to medical personnel as John White. Hmm. In addition to uh, this circumstantial evidence, the, uh, um, quote, whole demeanor of the man had Les Brown and several of his colleagues to believe he may have been the killer. However, after Brown wrote his, of his suspicions in his 2005 autobiography, the individual came forward and offered to provide a DNA sample to clear his name. This has led to his elimination as a suspect. We, you, you guys thought you thought we had you for a second, didn't you? You're like, well, this guy? It's not the guy. 
little twist right there. Yeah, that's, a, that's called a little twist. Called the uh, yeah, mm-hmm. doesn't help anything, but yeah, but I mean, it's, it's kind of messed up. The guy with, I, I get it. He didn't do it. His DNA proved that he didn't, but he's kind of an asshole. Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> and he keeps giving false information to the police. That's what I'm saying. Getting in fights at the club, escaped and stuff. custody while being treated at the hospital. Yeah, that's a. It's like forward flash. Yeah, kind of a dickhead. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. 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 Next one here is the uh, anonymous Netherlands resident. Ooh. In 1983, an unidentified man contacted Strathclyde police. This person claimed to conclusively know that his friend had been Bible John. Ooh. He added that he and his friend had been raised in the Cranhill district of Glasgow and both had frequented the Barrel Inn Ballroom in the 1960s. He claimed that he had read an article in the Evening Times five years before suddenly realizing his friend had been the man behind the murders. Mm. The alleged suspect was traced to be living in the Netherlands, married to a Dutch woman. Nothing more was ever heard from either person. So how do you put that out there like that and then just let it go? Yeah, it's a little... uh, mm, Yeah. Mm. Then another suspect here is a uh, possible police officer. Which I'm kind of on board with. Not 100%, and I'll tell you why after we're done with the, the, okay. the suspects. Okay. So another potential Bible John killer candidate is a former police officer who retired. Although the author and former policeman Paul Harrison couldn't name his culprit, uh, culprit publicly. The culprit publicly. <laughs> ha. <laughs> you guys hear that out there? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> to name his culprit publicly. There's a lot of P's in there. He did reveal that the suspect was still alive during an interview in 2013. So Harrison suggests in his book, uh, Dancing with the Devil, that Gene Langford, Helen's sister, okay, believed the man they shared the taxi with was a police officer. <laughs> huh. He allegedly showed them an uh, official identification inside the barrel. And remember we were talking earlier about, hey, you want to dance? Look at my ID. Apparently, he gave them an ID and showed them that he was an actual cop. This is what she's saying. Mm, Okay. Okay. Maybe is that why she felt more comfortable with leaving her sister with him? Yeah, he's with. He's He's a cop, cop, right? He's a police officer. Of course, I feel better. Like, what's he gonna? He's not gonna hurt my sister. Of course, right? It's his job to serve and protect. Right. Well, he's. Yeah. Mm. I'm just saying. I don't know. So the other man uh, called himself John, or call him the, the other John, sorry, is also believed to be a police officer working uh, on an undercover basis. So he's an undercover guy. Okay. Before her own death in 2010, Jean claimed to have seen John often when she visited Marine Police Station to consider suspects. So she, she went there to go look for the, the lineups mm-hmm. and saw the guy. Not in the lineups. Working as a police officer. Okay. <sighs> Bouncers at the Barrowland had independently confirmed Gene's suspicions when a fight involving a well-dressed man broke out. This man produced a police identification and issued warnings to people to, quote, back off. Mm-hmm. So, if she saw the cop, she's going in to do the lineups. Mm-hmm. Why not say something? Be like, hey, we need you to uh, come do a, a lineup for us real quick. Be like, yeah, it's him. He's behind me right now. <laughs> that's the guy. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. He's not in the lineup, though. But, but, but that's yeah, the, guy. No, the dude just walked me in. This guy. Right. That, no, no, him. 
I know he has a donut. Yeah, him. That's the. I know. That's really okay. It's none of these guys. Because <laughs> it's that fucking guy right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or maybe she was afraid. I mean, I would be too. You and know, it's a police officer. Cops, yeah. You know, that's kind of maybe. And who knows? There may have been people telling her, like, listen, I don't care what you say, but if you say it's one of my guys, there's going to be a problem. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of shakedown shit that happens like that, man. I mean, it's that's just how it is. Yeah. So then there's uh, Hannah Martin, the uh, the rapist of Hannah Martin here, okay? In the years, and this is messed up. In the years after the Bible John killing, several women claimed they had been sexually assaulted after an evening at the Barrowland. Okay. okay. Sounds like that place needs to be shut the fuck down. Yeah. One of these women, Hannah Martin, claimed that she had been assaulted and raped by Bible John and subsequently given birth to his child at the Glasgow Royal Maternity Hospital in January of 1970. A daughter she initially named Isabel. Aww. Yeah, that's a pretty name. That's a very pretty name. In April of 1969, Martin had gone to the Barrowland. She uh, ended up leaving the dance hall in the company of a tall man she subsequently slept with. Martin then accepted his offer for a lift home. However, during the drive, the man's sexual demeanor became more aggressive, and Martin, drunk and terrified, all right, uh, she, she she was afraid she was going to get attacked, right. freaked out, and puked all over the guy's car. That's a good, uh, what do they call Defense that? mechanism? Yes. That is a defense mechanism in a half. Yes. The man bundled her up, threw her out of the car, and drove off, leaving her on the pavement. One author, David Leslie, has claimed that Martin's daughter could be the one indisputable link to the identity of Bible John. Ooh. Okay. Now, let's go back real fast. He said earlier that maybe some of these women were alive because he got what he wanted. Right. Maybe he was just being a creep and she got that creep vibe, but he wasn't going to hurt her because he got what he wanted. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could have been him. Yeah. And maybe she just was like, oh, this dude's nuts. And that whole puking thing is amazing. <laughs> it's pretty Seriously. I, I think, oh, my God. Like, I don't feel good. <laughs> oh, get out. <laughs> I'm not going to kill you anymore. Get out of here. <laughs> so now there's John Irving McKinnis. Okay. In 1996, Strathclyde police exhumed the body of John Irving McKennis from a graveyard in Stonehouse, South Lancashire, uh, in McKennis. No, wait, no. Stonehouse, South Lancashire. These names all run together. Yeah, they do. McKennis, who had served in the Scots Guard, okay, uh, he committed suicide in 1980 at 41 by severing the brachial artery in his upper arm. Yeah, that's the big one that runs, like, through here. He just cut it. He just... That's crazy. That's one way to go. You're you're pretty quick too because yeah. that's an artery. You're, you know what I mean? Like you're. I think that's the one that's seven minutes and you're gone. Like, so your femorals in your leg, right? Right. And your femoral in your inside. And that's like less than five minutes. Like if that's severed. Yeah. Like, there's pretty much no coming back from yeah, that one. And then your jugular is the same as your femoral artery as well. Yeah. Too, I'm thinking that's probably the same thing as well. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Like, that was quick. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So he was the cousin of one of the original suspects in the Bible John investigation. A DNA sample was taken from McKinnis's body to compare with, um, you know, semen samples found on the stockings belonging to Helen Puttick, which, you know, had been used to strangle her. Right. The testing results proved inconclusive, of course, with then Lord Advocate Lord McKay stating insufficient evidence existed to link McKinnis with the murder of Helen Puttick. As a result, the Crown officially cleared McKinnis of involvement in the Bible John murders in July of 1996. Okay, so maybe he had other shit going on. Maybe yeah, he maybe. knew who the actual killer was, 
and he just it ate him up inside. Because, I mean, he obviously, I mean, offed himself. Yeah. Or maybe the guy that is Bible John offed him and made it look like a suicide. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that is a weird place to cut. To. Yeah, but if you want to go quick, though, I'm, I'm I'm assuming that's probably it. I just feel like that's going to leave a mess. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's a mess. But, I mean, if you're that distraught, obviously you're not thinking about that. But Yeah, I get it, but, but still. that It's just a weird spot to cut. It's like saying, like, you wanted to do it yourself and you cut your inside of your thigh. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, and then bleeding out. Yeah. That's like, like, yeah, I guess it's not very quick, though, either. No. Bleeding out is not a fast way to go. No, like I said, it's like five to seven minutes. You're just sitting there with your own thoughts draining from you for the yeah. next five to seven minutes. Like, Ugh. that's... One, that's a torturous way to go. Two... Yeah, because your body just gets, like, super cold or whatever, and yeah, then it just shuts down, right? cold, and then, yeah, you get cold, and you just get super fatigued, and you fall asleep, and you're just done. But that takes so long to get to that point. Like, you don't think about it, but five minutes, I mean, we've been talking for an hour and 12 minutes. Five minutes is a long That's time. It's a long-ass time. A long you know time. what I mean? Like, yeah. Especially for that. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I, I, I kind of leaning towards the maybe made it look like that. You know what I mean? That his buddy or whoever he claimed or thought he knew who it was or was right. friends with the suspect. The suspect, we'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Maybe. That's just a gruesome way to go. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. Not good. Especially because you like, sorry, but if you're in the Scots Guard, you would probably have a sidearm, right? Um, Was he in the Scots Guard at that time? I think it was former Scots Guard, right? Well, he, he had served in the Scots Guard, so he probably wasn't in there anymore. Uh, he may or may not have had a weapon. Because he was 41, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he, he's probably out of the military at that point in time, I would assume. Yeah. But you would think that a former, you know, Scots yeah. Guard would at least know how to, uh, th- again... But to defend himself, so maybe he did do it himself. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that kind of goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Then there's Peter Tobin. I didn't know anything about this guy, and we're probably going to do a fuck that guy yeah, on this guy. He's a fucked up dude. Yep. So several criminologists and investigators have speculated that convicted serial killer Peter Tobin may have been Bible John. Tobin was convicted in May of 2007 of the 2006 murder of Polish student Angelica Kluck, who had been uh, raped, beaten, and then stabbed to death. He had uh, relocated from Shettleston, Glasgow to England in August of 1969 uh, before the last two murders committed by Bible John. After marrying his first wife, whom he had met at the Barrel and Ballroom in 1968... From August 1969, Tobin lived in Brighton for 20 years, and from the late 80s, he would alternately reside in either Scotland or the south of England. Okay. A lot of that stuff kind of falls in line there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. The fact that Tobin attacked Cluck so ferociously hit her body and then took off to London before his arrest, in addition to the methods of the violence perpetrated on the two uh, 1991 victims unearthed from his Margate Holmes garden. Yes. They found other victims. Okay. It did not suggest the work of an amateur. Okay. However, one discrepancy is that Bible John publicly displayed his victims' bodies, right? Remember, he lay them out, have a shoe next to him and a tampon or whatever next to him, you know what I mean? Right. Um, where Tobin buried everybody. That is weird. And that's a huge, to me, that's way different. Yeah, that's a lot different. Because an MO is an MO and you pretty much stick with that unless 
I don't know, unless you're escalating and then you're, you know, I don't know, maybe you changed your MO because you were getting too close to getting caught. But if you did that three times, then at that point you're, you're, you're propping them up because you want people to see it. Right. You know? So to me, not so much. Yeah. So some contemporary visual similarities exist between Peter Tobin, aged in his 20s, and the 1969 composite drawing of Bible John. And we'll make sure to post these up on our socials. Mm-hmm. However, the composite drawing showed Bible John with red hair, and recent pictures of Tobin show he did not have this hair color. And again, could be dyed. Was it black? Well, hmm. in addition, all three of Tobin's former wives have given accounts of being repeatedly imprisoned, throttled, beaten, and raped by him. Each woman has stated he had been driven to extreme physical violence by the female menstrual cycle. Okay. Okay. Which, as we know, seems like it may have something to do with the Bible John murders. Oh, yeah. In addition, Tobin is known to have been a staunch Roman Catholic. Ah, Bible. But remember, the one guy said that he wasn't Catholic or Protestant. Right. Off again. Yeah. All right. Uh, with strong religious views. Finally, the alias Bible John given to Gene Lankford and Helen Pottock, okay, in 1969 is similar to the, uh, uh, to one of the pseudonyms known to have been regularly used by Tobin. John Simple. Simpleton, which was one of the names previously. Templeton. Simpleton, Other thing as well, too, is that with the whole M.O. thing, maybe his M.O. for burying those other victims, unfortunately, was because they either did give in or they weren't on their period at the time. And Possible, but if, if we're talking that he didn't, if he didn't kill those that weren't doing that, uh, typically when you have, well, he didn't kill. I mean, yeah, he didn't kill all of them. But there was a few of them that kind of that we, we don't know, right? You know what I mean? So when you have somebody who is pushed, not pushed, who can take things to that degree, right? There, they be, there becomes a complete methodology in what they're doing. So. Now again, you could escalate. You can you can change things up. You can do whatever. But going from burying somebody to just leaving them there, yeah, it is a totally different thing. That is a, I don't give a shit. Again, what did I say before? Those murders, the Bible John murders, they were done quick. They didn't bring anything with them. Right. They left them there and they left. Yeah. Right. It's a quick in and out. Boom, 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 gone. Where this guy here, Tobin, he's one of those murderers that would go to the lengths to hide the body in order to get away with it right. and to keep doing it over and over again. Because well, with that, that's where I was kind of leaning, like maybe his M.O. was the adultery and the menstrual cycle thing or whatever because you didn't give into it, but yet you were a quote-unquote, in his eyes, sinner or whore, whatever you wanted to. So he put you on blast, but the ones that only had some of those features or none of those features, he hid because you know what I yeah mean? To, to me i mean as far as like psychologically and the stuff that i've read or whatever yeah it sounds like two completely different i mean yeah. that right out of everything that yeah. would be the one thing i'd be like that's not the guy right and, and I, listen i could be completely wrong but to me that's not the guy because you they stick to something or they advance right you know what i mean but they don't ever really like leave 100 percent. don't yeah. get me wrong none of that is is concrete it's not yeah. definitive right it's not, you got some guys out there that have done you know, shit way over here and then don't shit way over here. So I'm not saying that, but that, the way that the bodies were hid and or buried, mm-hmm. two completely different people, in, in in my opinion. Right. Okay. Again, I could be wrong. I'm yeah. doing a podcast. Doesn't mean I know anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
So criminologist David Wilson actively investigated Tobin's case for three years and firmly believes the available evidence supports the theory that Tobin is Bible John. Okay. He has stated that the uh, the moment he felt Tobin was Bible John occurred during Tobin's trial for the 1991 murder of 18-year-old Dinah McKennell, or Mc, uh, excuse me, McNichol, one of the women whose bodies uh, that was found in his garden. Okay. Wilson's circumstantial evidence to support this theory includes striking similarities between trial testimony from an acquaintance of McNichols who had been in her company on the evening of her abduction and the conversation with Bible John and Jean Langford. Also, both men mentioned they did not drink at Hogmanay mm. and had a cousin who had once scored a hole-in-one in a golf match. That is pretty specific. That's very specific. You know what I mean? Like, that's... I mean, Super specific. They all play a lot of golf out there, but that is incredibly specific. Right. So this information, alongside other circumstantial evidence, has led Professor Wilson to state, quote, I didn't set out to prove Tobin was Bible John, but I would stake my professional reputation on it. Oh, wow. Although DNA testing has been used to clear several suspects, detectives believe obtaining a forensic link between Peter Tobin and any of the murder victims linked to Bible John is unlikely due to the deterioration of the physical samples due to poor storage. Yeah. They're never going to find out now. By the way, Tobin here, this dude, Peter Tobin, has allegedly admitted to killing more than 48 people while in prison. He alleged to it while he was in prison. Yeah. Did not like he killed them in prison. I mean. Yeah. And maybe. He is currently being held indefinitely at HM Prison in Edinburgh. Now, I don't know if you guys know anything about, like, over over in Scotland and Europe and stuff like that. Typically, you don't get life sentences. No. That's not something they do. To get a life sentence, you're one of the worst of the worst. Because there are... Worst of the worst. Worst of the worst. Yes, that's right. Worst of the worst, yes. yes. I said, in my mind, uh, last week, I said worse. But I, I meant worse, but I said worst. And it's still bothering me to this day. I swear to God, I'm having nightmares. Anyway, <laughs> it's usually like 25, 30 years. And, 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 and just because you are told 25 years doesn't mean you're getting out in 25 years. That means that's right. when your parole comes up and you go you know, in front of the, you know, the parole hearing and stuff like that. Doesn't mean you're necessarily getting out. But right. for them to say indefinitely. Yeah, you fucked up. Yeah. Like Obviously. you're done, though. Yeah. yeah. So then there's Operation Anagram. As a result of police investigation named a, a police investigation named Operation Anagram initiated in 2006 to trace the movements of Mr. Peter Tobin. A woman informed investigators she had been raped by Tobin after she had met him at the Barrowland Ballroom in 1968, Jeez. shortly after the first of the murders known to have been committed by Bible John. Another woman told detectives in 2010 that she had uh, dealt with a terrifying experience with Tobin at the Barrowland Ballroom, claiming that he had introduced himself as Peter before annoying the shit out of her to go with him to a party in the city's Castle Milk area. Mm. Remember the two Johns? One was from Castle Milk, but the other one went with Helen. Mm. Mm. When the women uh, viewed uh, pictures of Tobin from late 19, uh, the late 1960s and early 1970s, she stated, quote, He was the man who came up to me so many years ago in the Barrowlands. I am 100% uh, percent certain that Tobin is Bible John. Tobin has since been eliminated as a suspect by police. Yeah. He re- relocated from Glasgow to Brighton with his fiancée, Margaret Mountney, before the second murder attributed to Bible John. 
Oh, that's weird. He can't be there if the second murder is happening. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, okay. Operation Anagram does, uh, discovered that Tobin was in Brighton during the last two Bible John murders. He had married his first wife in Brighton on August 6, 1969, 10 days before the August 16th murder of Jemima McDonald, hmm. as recorded on their marriage certificate. Tobin's wife has also testified that the pair were still on their honeymoon in Brighton at the time of the murder of the second victim. And she insists he was with her the entire time. Or she was another. When another of the killings occurred, Tobin um, was uh, in police custody, okay, regarding uh, an, an, un, an unrelated crime. He had nothing to do with that. He pissed in public. It's right. not a deal. He was also still living in Brighton at the time of the third murder, meaning he would have had to travel without his wife's knowledge to Glasgow and back from Brighton to have committed the murder of Helen Puttick. Mm. Okay, so there's a lot of things. It's like he can't be in two places at one time, right? No. So, you know, Tobin's DNA was checked against the semen sample for Bible John as a part of Operation Anagram. The results of the analysis conclusively proved the bodily fluid did not come from Peter Tobin. Hmm. Huh. The police also have a record of the bite mark found on Helen Puttick's body, which they cross-checked with Tobin's dental records, as had been done with John McInnes when he was exhumed and subsequently eliminated as a suspect in 1996. David Swindle, the senior investigating officer in charge of Operation Anagram, has stated that there is no evidence to link Tobin to the Bible John murders, and Operation Anagram eventually discounted the theory. Okay? It's not him. It's not our guy. Of course not him. Swindle had presided over the 2002 review of the Bible John murder for four years before the initial discoveries of Tobin's murder. Mm. Murders, excuse me. Multiple. Although Professor David Wilson's claims in his 2010 book, The Lost British Serial Killer, quote, that Bible John was Tobin, okay, his co-writer for the, a co-writer for the book, Paul Harrison, later recanted the claims that they made in the book. Weird. Make a whole ass book and then you're like, yeah. I was just kidding. Yeah, I, I, was just, I was just kidding. He's behind me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> in 2013, Harrison published a, a new book instead, claiming Bible John was a police officer. No further murder victims killed in Scotland or elsewhere in the United Kingdom have ever been conclusively attributed to Bible John. The manhunt for this murderer was one of the most extensive manhunts in Scottish criminal history. The murders of the three women remain un solved. However, the case remains open, with many investigators remaining confident that the perpetrators perpetrator or perpetrators of these crimes were highly likely to have been shielded by one or more individuals whom they had known. So, no one thoroughly believes that the three killings were the same person's work. Okay? It has been claimed that the gap of 18 months between the first two killings is unusual for a serial killer and that the later two murders may have either been a copycat killings or the sole two committed by the same perpetrator. Criticism has also been brought against the police for potentially hampering their investigation by prematurely suggesting that all three murders had been committed by the same person. So was this just a botched police investigation? Did they jump the gun a little bit? I mean, a little bit of A, a little bit of B, you know? In 2004, police announced their intentions to genetically test several men in a further attempt to identify the killer, with all individuals concerned being requested to submit blood samples. This endeavor followed the previous discovery of an 80% genetic match from the semen samples retrieved from the final crime scene attributed to, the, uh, to Bible John, with a DNA sample retrieved at the site of a minor crime committed two years earlier. Ooh. Oh boy. Hmm. 
The sample was enough of a match to lead officers to believe that the person who committed the offense was related to the killer. Interesting. The sole witness ever to have engaged in a lengthy conversation with Bible John is Helen's sister, Jean Langford. Right. She died, unfortunately, in September of 2010 at age 74. Langford had given police the description used to form the second composite drawing created to the suspect that we talked about, which remains the most significant clue as to the perpetrator's physical appearance. We'll make sure we post all those up for you guys. Despite Professor Wilson's belief that Peter Tobin may have been Bible John, when Jean Langford discussed her sister's murder many decades later, she stated emphatically that Tobin was not the man she had shared a taxi with the night of his sister's murder. Hmm. So now, would you like to know what I think? Yeah. Okay. There were two guys. They were going back and forth. Tobin was one of them. The other one, probably a police officer. They're buddies. Mm-hmm. That's all there was. Either Tobin was teaching him how to do it, or they were just getting off together doing it. That's what I think. That's why the bite mark didn't match, because it wasn't him that bit him. It was the other guy. It was the cop. That's why they said that the one guy um, got out of the taxi or whatnot, and his he lived in Castle Milk, yeah. and... The guy who was in the taxi was the one who did the thing. Right. There was two guys. Oh yeah, it definitely. Is Absolutely, I, 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 I would, I would stake everything on the fact that it was two guys, and that's why if you can't find one, then you can't find the other, and you can't piece them together. You know what I mean? So that's why Tobin got away with all that. That's ridiculous. I mean, you got away with linking the Bible John murders, but that's still fucking ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's insane, and that's what I think. Happened in uh, Bible John is, uh, well, I, I mean, he's still out there, right? Technically. Technically. Technically, he's still out there. So, yeah, I don't know. Kind of spooky. Yes. Very spooky. Very spooky. Now, boys and girls, it's your favorite part of the show, the movie review. Which top 10 movies will make the cut today? All right. So, today on the movies, we're going to be talking about the best religious horror thriller films. Oh, really? Damn it. I'm going to get blocked again. i got to stop. I'm going to be on every freaking list now. All right. So this is from MDBA. That's right. I am DB. And we're going to start off with uh, number 10 on here. No, we're not. We're going to start off with number 11. You're welcome. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, yep, we're yep, doing yep. this. Oh, oh, the midnight trade is flopping all over the place. Oh. So oh, giddy. Oh, he's happy. So number 11 on our list. It's Constantine. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh. Love this freaking movie so much. And they're coming out with part deuce. I know. I'm so ecstatic about that. <laughs> Cannot wait. There's only two things in my life right now that are maybe more ecstatic when it comes to movies. And that's one, Constantine 2. And that's two, Deadpool 3. Yeah. Hugh Jackman coming back yeah. as Wolverine. Yeah. Oh, I heard man. Hulk's going to be in it, too. Yeah. I, I heard that uh, Wolverine's going to be fighting Hulk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm, I'm hearing through the grapevine. Wait, right wait, wait, wait. Wolverine's going to be fighting Hulk or Wolverine's going to be fighting the new Hulk Bruce Banner combination stupid tree. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would assume. I don't know. But then again, this is like a, they're saying that uh since Deadpool has the ability, <clears throat> excuse me, to go back in time, that's how Wolverine's coming back. So who knows in what timeline that the Hulk actually pops up. It could be the beginning Hulk where he's or it could lead to World War Hulk where it's like the Gray Hulk or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if he's going to travel back in time, that means he's going to get the original Wolverine, not the one that's lost his memory. Correct. So it's me the one that didn't meet Jean Grey or the X Men or any of that shit. Correct. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 
which is probably good considering that none of those have really been introduced yet to that yeah, part of things. But like, oh. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh. So Constantine, of course, all right, grows $75.98 million. All right, from 2005, uh, seven stars. It needs more. Yeah, it definitely. Well, that's an average up. on that. That's an average. I mean, you're talking out of 345,328 votes. It's pretty good. <sighs> you guys, up. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what it is, supernatural exorcist and demonologist John Constantine helps a policewoman prove her sister's death, twin sister, by the way, mm-hmm. was not a suicide, but something more. Ooh. Yes. It's great. Number 10, Stigmata from 1999. This is actually a pretty good movie pretty cool have you seen this one i've heard about it and i haven't seen it yeah it's all right it's patricia arquette gabriel byrne jonathan price nia long uh grossed about 50.05 million dollars 6.2 stars on here and when a young woman becomes aff- uh, afflicted by stigmata a priest is sent to investigate her case which may have severe ramifications for his faith and for the catholic church itself oh yeah Stigmata, by the way, is when you just start randomly having like these signs of the crucifixion on your body. Right. So if you guys didn't happen to know what that was, but I'm sure you did. It's usually in the spot where the the where Jesus was like crucified, yeah. right? It's, it's like wrists. Wrist. Yeah, it's wrists were I know it's like in like old time they always do it in the hands, but it was the wrists. Yeah. The wrists and the top of the feet and thorns and all that shit. And then the spear inside and all that shit. Yeah. yeah. It's messed up. Yeah. Number nine, the Da Vinci Code from two thousand six. A murder inside the Louvre. And clues in Da Vinci paintings lead to the discovery of a religious mystery protected by a secret society for 2,000 years, which could shake the foundations of Christianity. Pretty good. I'm trying. I got to get that better. 200, no, 217. It made $217. No. <laughs> $217.54 million. 6.6 stars. You guys know this one. Tom Hanks. Yep. You know. It's a good movie. Eh, it's all right. Book was better. I guess. Now, I have not seen this one. All right, this is from 2017. This is Mother. Wait, hold on. It's Mother! With yeah, that's with ex- Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. A couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. <laughs> See, the there's a rapey scene in there with Jennifer oh. Lawrence. Yeah. That's all I know about that movie. Her raping someone? No. Oh, oh, yikes. Okay. Yeah. All right. That'd be... <laughs> Not that either one of them are no, good. No, but that'd be a little yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, gross $17.8 million. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Javier Bardem, which I love Javier Bardem. He's yeah. awesome. Uh, he was uh, with uh, No Country for Old Men. He was the bad guy. Oh, I didn't know he was in that. Yeah, that's the bad guy. Oh, yeah, no, that's yeah. the bad guy. But I didn't realize that he was in Mother, oh. though. Along with Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer. What? Yeah, I knew Michelle Pfeiffer was in it, but I don't know. That's, that's awesome. Uh, number seven, The First Power from 1990. A dedicated L.A. police detective and a female psychic must stop a demonic serial killer who was given the powers of resurrection, teleportation, and possession. I felt better. I felt a lot better. I felt a lot better. I, yeah. I even zoomed in on your face on that one, too. <laughs> uh, gross $22.42 million, so whatever. Uh, yeah, I've never I've never seen this one. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Okay, that's the guy that played uh, Richie, Richie Valens from La Bamba. La Bamba? Yeah. La Bamba. Nope. I was going to say, don't sing it. <laughs> We're going to get on another list. <laughs> Number six is The Right from 2011. American seminary student Michael Kovac travels to Italy to take an exorcism course. The, the whole description. That's that's what it is. Such a great movie. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins, uh, Colin O'Donohue. O'Donohue. Yeah, $33.05 million. Uh, number five from 2000, Lost Souls. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, ooh, Winona Ryder. Yeah. All right. A Catholic teacher meets an, an atheist journalist. <laughs> I want to make. <laughs> Hold on. A Catholic teacher meets an atheist journalist whom a group of Catholics and priests believes has been chosen by the devil to be the Antichrist. <laughs> if you say it with more enthusiasm, it changes the whole thing. Yeah, that sounds super cool. Yeah, I've never seen that one. Uh, number four is The Reaping from uh, 2007. A former Christian missionary who specializes in debunking religious phenomena investigates a small town which seems to be suffering from the ten biblical plagues. Oh, Hillary Swank. That seems a little rough. Yeah. Uh, 25.12 million doll hairs oh, on nice. that one. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Actually, so I, I have seen that. Yeah? Now that I think about it, yeah, she goes to this town because I can remember the, uh, the birds part of it. It's kind of a messed up movie. It's actually decent. I, I, I didn't hate it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Number three. Oh, this one is called End of Days. Oh, oh. if you don't know this movie, perhaps you need to get out of your basement, go smoke some stogies with the rest of us here. This movie's great. It's from 1999. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the century, Satan visits New York in search of a bride. <laughs> it's up to an ex-cop who now runs an elite security outfit to stop him. Stars me, I'm a Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Gabriel Byrne, Robin Tunney, and uh, Kevin Pollock are in this. And it's awesome. I've I thought it. Never it. seen that. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I've never even heard of it. I yeah. don't have to watch that now. End of Days is tough. Because I've seen like every movie of his from the 80s and the 90s, man. Yeah, it, it's good. It's definitely good. Uh, number two, Rosemary's Baby, of course. That's a fucking movie. 1968, man. a young couple trying for a baby moves into an aging, ornate apartment building in uh, a building on Central Park West where they find themselves surrounded by peculiar neighbors. Yeah, because the devil impregnated the lady, and next thing you know, she's having a baby. Satan's baby. Okay. Starring Mia Farrow, John Cassavetes, Ruth Gordon, and Sydney Blackmare. Doesn't say what it grossed. Hmm. Odd. And number one, great movie, especially this time of the year. Actually, all these are really good for this time of the year, but uh, for this time of the year, The Exorcist oh, yes. is a very good. And you have you seen The Exorcist? Nope. It's old, man. That's it. <laughs> You've got to leave. <laughs> it's an old movie, man. It's so good. It's good. In the, you may not dig it because of like uh, you know you guys being younger in the younger generation, I feel like you're a little bit more tainted when it comes to like horror and no, that kind of stuff. We're spoiled because and I wouldn't say spoiled. Horror now is either it's a mind fuck or it's really good CGI. There's no in between. Back then it there's was, not good story writing. Correct. Yeah, yeah there's no, that's there's, the problem. Yeah, yeah, there's no. It's either it's gonna fuck your mind up or it's just really good CGI. There's no good story or heart to it. Where the old movies had really good heart, but there's nothing that really enthralls the newer audiences. It's, to, it, it's remember this movie flipped people out when it came out. Yeah, like people were walking out of the theater, throwing up, passing out, ambulances being called. Like it was, it was a thing. If you guys don't know what it is, um, I'm not even gonna go into it because if you don't know what it is, then I'm sorry. You suck. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I suck. You know what The Exorcist is? I mean, other than you. No, you suck too. Go watch The Exorcist. Damn it. Fine. I was actually going to go home and watch Constantine because that movie's just so fucking good. No, you got to watch End of Days. I, yeah, I need to figure out what that's on. So you got to do it. it. Do it. Watch it now. Do Listen it. to me. Put it down. <laughs> it's a great movie. Do you understand? I've been doing this for a very long time. Do you have a headache? Do I? Kind of. This voice makes my head vibrate. <laughs> Maybe it's a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, those are your movies. And uh, man, do I hope you enjoyed that because <laughs> there was a lot of Arnold. <laughs> there was a lot of Arnold in there. A lot of a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger hanging out with us. And of course, you know, I suck at Arnold. So <laughs> thank you for listening to me attempt to do that. I really appreciate it. It was a really good Austrian accent. Yeah. I'll give you that much. Is it getting better? It's definitely getting a lot better. Yeah, that's good. You're not as uh, ballsy as I would Ooh, imagine you to be. Because I'm... I'm a stud. I'm ballsy. I'm ballsy. I don't need a hideout <laughs> like you. <laughs> Get my stogie Maria. <laughs> Her father came to me. And he gave me this stogie. And he was like, here, and I lit it, lit it up in his house. <laughs> it's like, dude, what did he say after that? Damn it, I had it. Because her dad gave it to him. Yeah, and she was and like, lit the stogie in the house. And he's like, "I smoke my stogies in my house." And you think I'm gonna you think my wife's gonna be like, "No, you can't do that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Malia suck my no, anyway. <laughs> so make sure to stop over to our official website, the Midnight Train Podcast.com, where all of our stuff is on there. You can find pretty much anything you need to know. And if you don't have it there, let us know and we'll make sure it gets up there. At our website, you can uh, buy some super sweet, super sweet merchandise at our store, which is also being revamped, yeah. where you can find our Duke of Fingerbum shirt and all kinds of really cool stuff like, you know, Maurice the Ripper. Maurice. <laughs> Maurice, stop killing people. Anyway, you've got to go back and listen to it. Yeah. It's so good. And then, uh, of course, you can also click on sponsors and check out Dr. Squatch Soap. Oh, yeah. That's right, because Dr. Squatch is changing the way men approach hygiene by providing all natural, high-quality, healthy products, you know, like hair care, colognes, beard oils. And I'm letting my uh, beard kind of grow out a little bit. I might have to give me some of that. I see that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Let yeah. it go. You know, it's wintertime. Oh, yes. Yeah. Need the winter coat. It's Octobeard right now. Oh, oh yes. yes. And then Novembeard. No shave Novembeard. And then... Decembeard, then January, then February, and then March we shave it off. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's how it goes. If you guys didn't know that, now you do. So all those soaps are actually made uh, right here in the United States, all right, using the finest all-natural ingredients. Get yourself some soap, 20% off your first subscription. Just head on over to com. click on Sponsors, and use that promo code to get the best damn a soap. And if you like what you heard from us, we sure hope you did. I hope so listen do us a favor yeah jump on board the uh first class part of the train Ooh. yeah become a first class passenger by just heading over to the midnight train podcast.com and clicking on that patreon button right at the very top of it all right it'll magically whisk you away to the the greatest place you could ever be that's patreon land baby where you get all the bonuses. You get everything you want. I'm talking, we have stickers that come out to you. We get, I mean, it, it, what else do we have up there, buddy? We have so much good stuff. Bonuses out the yin-yang. Oh, oh my gosh. Like out the wazoo. Upcoming bonus, man. Yeah, yeah. So get on over there. Support the show. Okay? Support us. This guy and this guy. Hi. Support the show. Get all the bonuses. And not only that, guess what? You're going to get invited to... Uh, Something pretty cool. Ooh. The Halloween Spooktacular. Coming up here, October 25th, we are going to be recording it specifically for our Patreon members, our first class passengers, and it's going to be going up on a uh, special Facebook spot that only they can enter. So if you want to do that and you're down, listen, sign up, get involved, and then guess what? You're also going to be donating to a very amazing cause. Oh, yeah. What cause is that? Well, you know, we obviously love music, okay? And if you don't know that, then you probably knew. And we want future generations of musicians to have accessibility to music, okay, and music education. Oh, yes. Right. 
So we've decided to, to give to a great cause, the Save the Music Foundation. Their mission is to help students, schools, and communities reach their full potential through the, the power of making music. And I firmly believe in that. I could just pan over right there. You could see all my guitars over on the wall. Yes. Not that I can play any of them. I'm just saying. <laughs> so anyway, as one of the leading music foundations in the United States, they support their partner um, you know, communities in three ways. By donating okay, musical instruments and music technology. And uh, providing uh, support services for teachers and advocating for music education. We need more music education in schools. Yes, yes, we do. It's huge. You can look at the statistics and stuff on it. Like, it really does help. So we're going to donate 20% of our merchandise sales and our Patreon donations from both shows. Um, we also have another show that, I, you know, we're not even going to talk about. I'm kidding. It's Icons and Outlaws, and it's so much fun. So it's much just fun. kind of on the back burner for the moment. Um, so each month we're going to be donating for that. So support the show, get a ton of bonuses, and help a great cause. And for more information or to donate, personally, go to savethemusic.org. Do it. Oh. <laughs> go there now. Do it now. Do it. What are you doing? What are you doing here? Put the beer down and go get your credit card. <laughs> what are you doing? So anyway, yes, don't f uh, forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. If you're on uh, listening on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor. Please leave a review, like, Go to YouTube for sure and subscribe, especially if you're still out there or if anyone out there is watching right now. It'd be absolutely amazing. It's a big nil there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Guess what? I'm still sexy. <laughs> We're ballsy. I'm ballsy. So we cannot thank you guys enough for listening to us right now and for watching if you happen to watch us because I'm sure it's going to stay up there too. Um, yeah, so thank you very much for everything you do and just being a part of what we're doing. So oh, yeah. you guys keep it moving. But I do want to say a very special thank you to our fearless executive, first class cabin Patreon motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Still didn't turn that down. <laughs> <laughs> to George DeJesus, Megan McTerry, Tomislav Sabota, Amanda Denz, Chris Lucas, Zachary Danielson, Joseph Aramo, Margaret Dempsey, Kelly Ryan, Nathan Diekman, Stacey Luconan, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKinney, Trent Scott, Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Miles Campbell, um, Colleen Cox, Brian Gunzelman, Mac Doherty, Pumpkin Escobar, Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, Gina Madison, Janice Sherell, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Funbox Podcast, Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartolome from the Sister Skelton Podcast, Maria Gibbs to Chainsaw. What the fuck? <laughs> to Jigsaw, Rick Resler, Courtney Batchelor, Katie Brabinick, of course, and to our boy, Bill Birch. Oh, good for you. Not you good. sound like Beetlejuice doing it now. Hey, come on. We didn't do this right now. Hey, hey it's showtime. Come for your daughter, Chuck. <laughs> no, it's Bill. <laughs> come for your daughter, Bill. <laughs> so spread the word if you want your name to be mentioned right here on the show and our website, too, where we have, are, we're adding everybody on there as well. Listen, just sign up, become a Patreon uh, producer, become a first class passenger, right? Do it. Do it. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, listen, stay safe. Stay, stay safe. Stay, 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 stay. <laughs> stay safe out there, passengers. And as always, choo-choo, motherfucker. Now go home and get your fucking shine box.
Stars me, I'm a Schwarzenegger!